Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. It's time to talk about the best console. Honestly, I, I can't even come up with a snarky comment to that because you're not far off. Uh, with us is also, as ever, indie games editor Campbell Gill. But we talked about the Super Nintendo like two weeks ago. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> let the controversy begin uh what mark is of course referring to is it is a big anniversary for the nintendo gamecube 20 years this week an incredible console uh one of nintendo's i don't know it's a great it's a great machine and uh a lot of great exclusives on there we're gonna get into it uh so for the gamecube for you guys is this i imagine this is one of like your first not one of your first consoles, but one of the first ones that you got like deep into. This is first the first console I owned. First console yeah. I ever played. Okay, wow. Oh, yeah. One of my earliest memories, honestly, is watching my brother play either Melee or Sonic Adventure Two. Oh, Sonic Adventure Two Battle, a Stone Cold classic, if ever there was one. Okay, great. So for the pure... entire campaign of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get into that later. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep the vibes positive. Uh, The the opening level's great. Everyone remembers that. It's true. So yeah, GameCube, a fantastic system, some really strong launch titles, a few really incredible exclusives, and uh, I think, inarguably, one of the greatest controllers of all time, the the GameCube controller. And of course, the Wavebird, one of the first real wireless controllers with Bluetooth support. So... I don't know. We all love the GameCube. I guess. I guess we kind of kind of start this off with. Uh, so it's Campbell. It's your first real console you played. Obviously, Melee is one of the things we got to talk about. Um, I'm sure you've all put a ton of time into Super Smash Bros. Melee. God knows how many hours. Far that too was, many. Yeah, that and Kirby yeah. Air Ride were the two multiplayer games that I put way too much time into. Sure. I mean, everybody. Well, that's the thing. So. So as far as launch titles go, uh, launch titles go, Melee, one of like indisputably the best launch titles ever conceived of. Uh, although was it a true launch title? Or I know Luigi's it Mansion wasn't. was like, it was like a out, month yeah. after. It was a couple. It was like Luigi's a month Mansion after. Right? A couple was the after. true launch. Yeah, true. So we could say launch window. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Melee was in the launch window, whereas Luigi's Mansion was the first real like launch title that would sell the, the power of the GameCube. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 1, pretty pretty freaking good. Uh, Rick, Rick has really an article good. on the, the front page of the website right now about how, as as the the first real game for the GameCube, it's it, this headline, Luigi's Mansion is a stunning achievement, which I, I, would, I would agree with that. I remember seeing screenshots of that game in Nintendo Power being like, oh my gosh, GameCube games are going to look like this? Like incredible and then it it uh, it holds up today i would i would say on the gamecube it's still still a really really good freaking game to be it's, fair uh, i think every gamecube well not every gamecube game but nintendo's first party lineup for that system just holds up really well and it's because it was during a time where every company was tackling like realistic looking graphics and as we all know they will always age poorly so nintendo's games yeah. kind of like super mario sunshine and the wind waker and even, you know, Super Smash Brothers Melee, even though that uses Nintendo 64 designs for its characters, it still looks fantastic. And really, Luigi's Mansion is a perfect example of that, how they launched a console with 
this Luigi spin-off game, not this, you know, super realistic graphical showcase per se, but something cartoony, something a little more creative, and it came to represent the directions that a lot of these flagship franchises would take on the GameCube. Yeah, it definitely wasn't in the uh where everything was originally headed. Everything on that system was just a complete curveball. I mean, you know, you had Star Fox with the dinosaur planet and then uh, yeah. You know, it, it was just everything was going. Kirby was, you know, a kart racer, even though they did, we found out later, they did try to make a traditional Kirby game that didn't work. And speaking of literal curveballs, Super Monkey Ball was probably was the biggest curveball yes, on the course. console. I was about to bring up Super Monkey Ball. I, I remember, like, playing that game for the first time, like a friend had, because I think that, was that a launch title as well? Or it was, again, within those first few months, I think. It might have been a launch title for Japan, I think. Sure. Well, the, the point it was, is, it I was definitely there. Yeah, it was. It there. was definitely in there. Um, I remember playing it like for the first time, you know, at a at a friend's place and being like, "What is this?" Like it was so unlike anything <laughs> I'd. It was so unlike anything I'd. Uh, I'd played at the time, and again, like I know people, like I know the series has been around for a long time, but I, I remember specifically being on the GameCube, being like, "What's what what what's what's going on here?" And just loving it, like being it's so vibrant, it's so lively. And uh, and going back to your earlier point, Campbell, just very unlike anything else out there at the time. Yeah, it did come out in 2001. There you go. Um, yeah, uh, so if it came out in Japan, September 14th, 2001, came out in North America in November. So pretty Makes within sense. that first year, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, what a great game. Um, and of course, it's got me now it's got me thinking about the one that's coming out for Switch soon. That's going to be great. Um, oh, hopefully that'll be really good. I mean, it's looking very promising. You know? Yeah, I, I I can't imagine it. It won't be fantastic. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you have your you have your Super Mario Sunshines, which some people like, some people don't. Um, a great game, I think. Maybe, and I think of course better on the GameCube controller. We we talked about this when we talked about Super Mario Three All Stars, and how it uh, you know once once Nintendo added support for the GameCube controller, it's like oh that game becomes a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. It was a great showcase at the time for what the the GameCube controller could do. You had those pressure sensitive triggers, and of course the the art style is is really really good and it's and so unique for a Mario game. Like I think we were all expecting just you know an expansion a of, of Super, Super Mario sixty four exactly. Yeah. And instead they were like, nope, we're gonna throw you like you said a curveball. It's gonna be the gameplay is gonna be completely different than anything else. What a great game! You had a uh, Super Mario Strikers. Mm-hmm. That did you, I never I never got super into this game, but I know it's uh, one of the one of the kind of the cult classic of the GameCube. It definitely is. I mean, I was more into as a kid. I had Mario Golf, Toadstool Tour, so mm. I didn't really play Strikers too much. But I did play it a lot at a friend's house. Yeah, it's one of those uh, people really like that game. Um, All the Mario sports yeah. games were the cream of the crop. You exactly. Know, yeah, and I, I think this one. Yeah, exactly. Specifically on the even game. even Mario Kart Double Dash. I mean, that game was. I, I'm so oh surprised God. that concept has not been taken to Switch with the I, you know, two players well, on one cart. I wholeheartedly agree. It's it's amazing to me that the uh, the most unique Mario Kart game they never went back to that well, um, especially with the you know the Switch. It's got the Joy Cons on there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I can split them into two. It's right there. It's like it's right there. <laughs> Just take the idea and run with it. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of scrolling through the list that's on the website of the 35 best GameCube games. Oh, Beyond Good and Evil. That's a great one. Um, I never got to play Beyond Good and Evil. It's really good. I, I, 
I don't know if it, if it holds up as well today, just because we've done a lot of third party, not third party, third person action games that mm-hmm. are kind of stealth, you know, stealth oriented. So I do say maybe... one one game that got a lot of hate that I kind of I see the hate for, but I don't at the same time is Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes. I was gonna I say if Mark doesn't bring, if Mark doesn't bring up yeah. the Twin Snakes, then we we have failed as a podcast. I mean, it's uh, it's um. It's so different from the original Metal Gear Solid, but the same at the same time. Because it is a remake, but it's like those Matrix-styled graphics with the the crazy cinematic direction. It's just so odd comparing it to the original Metal Gear Solid. But then looking back on it today, it's like... It's under... Like, you would think that was what the original Metal Gear Solid was if you hadn't played the first one. Like, it looks... Like, with Snake with the flipping and then the whole... Just all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. It's an interesting. There was a few of these on GameCube where it's like, okay, we're gonna bring over that game to the GameCube. Uh, and yeah, that's that is one of the one of the more interesting choices that they made because uh, you know that system never really had a Metal Gear before. So to so to port the first one over and like upres it and add all this stuff was kind of a, was a really bold move, and I think a you know created a generation mm-hmm. of Metal Gear fans so you can't be can't be too mad about it I guess I love that the GameCube I, hmm, I both love and hate that the GameCube had all these peripherals to it you had the Game Boy Advance <laughs> do you know what I mean you had the, the oh the yeah Advance I, as a kid I was never able to play um or transfer the Pokemon from Pokemon XD and Pokemon Coliseum because I never had the adapter and then yeah. you guys will yep. laugh over this, but uh, my brother and I used to play Mario Party Seven all the time, and we have the, um, you know, the microphone extension that they were bundling with six and um, seven at the time. I don't, but I can imagine it. So there was like this gray microphone they bundled with it, and you'd put it into the, you know, the controller slot, and it was literally like a one-button microphone. You held the button to turn it on, and I remember we were playing once, and my. Uh, my mom came in to vacuum and accidentally vacuumed up the cord. <gasps> and that was the end. We, we have never <laughs> since touched the Mario Party minigames with the microphone because we've never gotten a new one. Damn. Well, I, I, yeah. at least you got to experience them for a, a What brief, a tragic ending. A brief moment in time. That's really funny. I think funny. it was for the better. Those minigames kind of sucked. Yeah, maybe it was an act of God then, or d- divine mercy, <laughs> so you yeah. don't have to play that anymore. But the the GameCube, the you know the Game Boy Advance connectivity was awesome. I especially love the the Game Boy Advance player, yeah. where um, you could play any Game Boy Advance game on a TV. It was just it's such pretty, a great concept. Pretty great. Too bad. We talked about this last week. We talked about this last week, but. Uh, yeah, what a what a great idea! Yeah. Like to just just to continue with the, the idea of the Super Game Boy, to continue with the idea of the Game Boy, you know, the Game Boy Player, the stuff you could do in even the N sixty four had a little bit of that. I um, see where you were going, but I thought you were gonna get mad that they never did that with like DS and three DS. You know, uh, well that would have been impossible. Like the, the control schemes, you know, that's like that's yeah, that's true. Doesn't I, quite. Translate. I feel like maybe with. Uh, you know, some Wi-Fi connection. I feel like using the 3DS or DS as the controller would have been uh, doable. Maybe. I, I, mean, I, I, they, yeah, some, I, they somewhat did that with, like, Smash 4 on Wii U, where you can control with the 3DS. Yeah, the but that was, mm-hmm. you know, an exception rather than representative of any trend that they yeah. had going mm-hmm. on. It would have been cool if, like, there were... Um, 
there were DS games on the Wii U eShop. It would have been cool if there was maybe some sort of support for using the DS as a controller for that. But that's, that would be cool. That's really the only other case where I can think of that being yeah. relevant. Did, did you guys? Did you guys play? ever? Uh, Go ahead. Oh, man. were you about to say like Kirby and the Amazing Mirror and like the Legend of Zelda Four Swords? With I was going to say Zelda Four Swords and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Okay, yeah. okay. I was going to okay. say I always wished that I had enough friends with Game Boy Advances to play those kinds of games, well, and, and not just and not just friends with Game Boy Advances, but friends with Game Boy Advances and the special cable that would link <laughs> to the GameCube Game through the Cube. controller slot. I only knew one person that ever had it, and the only yeah. game I ever tried with it was Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. Because I remember we uh, played through that together. That's awesome. To this day, Four Swords is the only console Zelda game that I've never played, just for that reason. So it's, damn. it's these and are it's really the one c- I have played. God damn it, Mark! Well, that 3DS, you know, they yeah, re-released on 3DS. That, that's yeah. true. I played the other version of it. I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. like the. Re- the mini version of it or whatever i played that on 3ds but i never mm-hmm. played the actual full-fledged version the that full was on fledged, gamecube yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so maybe one day hopefully they can do some sort of revamped port perhaps it would be a really great game to bring to switch now that i think of it but uh, you know, yeah listen most games would benefit from being brought to switch well and here's the, the interesting thing about the gamecube i think is that it's perhaps so it's i was gonna say it's so unique like obviously you know what what can't we you know what Nintendo was doing later, obviously the Wii, the Wii U, like they they had they've continued to innovate and have more and more unique ideas. But I think the GameCube is one of the first times where they were like, all right, we're not just going to make a more powerful box. We're going to like try some weird stuff. And it wasn't always successful, but I, I appreciated the ethos, you know. If you really think about it, the GameCube was the predecessor to the Switch as the first home console that's truly portable with a little handle in the back. <laughs> <laughs> A genuine Stupid hybrid lunchbox handle. Uh, I can. Uh, yeah, there is no lies in that sentence. I don't even. I don't even know what they were thinking, putting a handle on that thing. Well, no, it's you know? like the, the idea, even just signifying that, like, hey, you can you can take this places. You know, like it's. it's yeah, but a simple, I, it's a I feel like that. that's literally it. That's that's no. Literally I get. All I get the. I get the yeah. aesthetic, but yeah. like, but really think practicality. Where, yeah, where yeah. are you going to be? Like, oh man, I really have to bring my GameCube with me before I go out the door. Oh, and what are you going to carry? You guys, you're going to carry a bag of like controllers and games, but you're not going to put the, yes, the console oh, in the man. bag. Well, you see, you also Yo. have to. You have to also have to bring like a TV with the you cables, as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to bring like a little <laughs> wagon, drag it behind you, but at least you can hold the console <laughs> by the little handle. Cameron, this was a time where we were worried that if we lifted up a TV, we'd drop it on ourselves and kill ourselves. And now we worry about dropping it and breaking the TV rather than ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. TVs were uh, (laughs) definitely heavier back then. Um, Yeah, it was was just a good system. A lot of weird RPGs on there. Um, Again, I'm Mm -hmm. kind of scrolling through our 35 best GameCube games. Still would love to see Skies of Arcadia brought to a, a modern system. Um, obviously, F Zero, uh, mm-hmm. the last GX. great F Zero game, uh, F Zero GX for the GameCube. Uh man, uh, someday, someday, F Zero will will be back alive. But uh, mm-hmm. if this is the last F Zero game that we ever get, it's still a really good one. You know, I don't believe. What about it, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Metroid Prime trilogy? Well, gotta talk d- about Metroid Prime. Well, the first two. I should the say, first yeah, two, the first yeah. two. Third one wasn't, yeah. Oh, Pikmin. Yeah. How can we forget Pikmin? Pikmin yeah, so, we yeah, literally lots. just mentioned it before, you know? Yeah. yeah. Pikmin. Pikmin and of co- so good. Yeah, it, well, it's, 
do we, I mean, I don't know, do we talk about Wind Waker now or do we talk about Wind Waker later? The point is, we're, we're, now we're just listing, now we're just like listing games that we're Listing good. our memories. Uh, yeah, we gotta pick memories. one game to dig into at this point, because we can just go on and on listing these, these games. Uh, I will say, yeah. with all these games, just the quality just holds up, especially the multiplayer titles. Like, I was literally just two days ago playing Mario Party 7 with my roommates. Sure. Yeah. Like, we, we well, played and, that uh, and Kirby Air Ride. And they still hold up better than most multiplayer games. Like, everyone wants to turn on the GameCube rather than the Switch. And people are still playing Melee all the time competitively. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. So there were so many games on here that are still holding up. They may be decades old now, but they're still fantastic. And, you know, Sonic Adventure 2, and to bring that up again, people are still playing that on GameCube Mm -hmm. rather than on, you know, the weird PC ports or anything like that, because even just... The battle mode. Exactly. And there are experiences of just playing the game, playing these games with the GameCube controller is a better experience than playing them in other, other versions as well. So even if there aren't those features, it's better to come back home to where they were made to be played. I, there was one GameCube game I used to have that I no longer have. And Campbell, can you guess what it is? Is it that Ed, Ed, and Eddie game? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nope, that one is still on the shelf. That one's wow. on the shelf. I'll give you a hint. It's from our favorite Hedgehog franchise. Oh, my gosh. Is it a Sonic? So it's are not Sonic Adventure 2? Are, are you about to talk about, about Shadow? 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 Right Shadow. Oh, my yes. God. That game, my brother was given it for free by a friend, and uh, the disc was, like, disgusting. And I remember Just we like played the game. it. And we, yeah, of course. We <laughs> thought it was garbage, and we threw it out. <laughs> <laughs> threw it out? Only, wow. only instance that ever happened. I mean... And I will say, a- there's one... There's, there's one other game, which is I have a grudge against, and we've talked about this before, but Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. I bought it used at GameStop um, like f- three or four years ago, and the disc didn't work. So I returned it, and the guy told me to keep the box, and now I have a $200 box on my shelf, but no Damn. Fire Emblem. Oh. Well, that's a tragedy. It is. At least you didn't throw it out on, like, Shadow. Shadow. Oh, th- that thing could have gone in the gutter, Campbell. I mean, that, that game sucks. Was. I will agree with you for that. But come on. Even though it the is a terrible game. It was disgusting. Game, it literally looked like it had crust on it. I was like, but get there, this that's shit perfect out of here. for the sheer edginess of it. The game itself is crusted with the heavy metal on the guns. Why did they give Shadow a gun? Yeah. <laughs> So also, Sonic Heroes. My uh, brother and I used to play a lot. That one. That's another. That one actually. Going, that one is. That one's fine. That one is okay. I think it's better than people give it credit. I'd say it's it's more consistent than Sonic Adventure Two was because at least you have roughly the same kind of gameplay styles throughout it, rather than mm-hmm. you know mixing between Tails and Eggman and then Shadow and Sonic. It's a little more routine and it it keeps mm-hmm. up with a lot of the the general level design and vibes that made Sonic Adventure Two so great. Another great game that just came to mind, um, Mario DDR Mix, Dance Dance Revolution <laughs> oh, yeah. Mario Mix. So, 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 so good. Very that game fun. is, that game's something. <laughs> it's, you know, it was right at the end with the, when Konami bought Hudson and they were pushing the Mario brand out before uh, Mario Party 8. You and know. I'll also say that the soundtrack for that <laughs> game has no right to be as amazing as it yeah. is, because I knew so nothing good. about this game before you started talking to me about it, and now just the songs, the remixes are ridiculous. It's I never knew so I needed good. this dance Mario music remixes, but they're amazing. And Waluigi was the villain. 
as ever i mean when is he he's always he's always the villain you know just even my, even in my daily life and then one other is game he I stalking to bring you, up. <laughs> <laughs> of course campbell he's he's right behind me he's yeah hey, what were we gonna bring up uh animal crossing is the beginning of the franchise yeah. Mm, yeah, i yeah. Yep. my brother sister and i we used to fight over it we'd literally be like who's gonna wake up first to play it mm. you know it's a, it's it's the I don't know. That system is the perfect blend of like nostalgic old favorites, genuinely innovative new stuff, uh, ports, not ports, but like remakes or mm -hmm. transfers over to a, to a Nintendo audience and, uh, you know, genuinely wild stuff that hasn't ever been recreated. So I don't know. It's a... Or re-released for or re -released. Like stupid uh, reason. <laughs> yeah. Eternal Darkness, you know. Still never played it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Eternal Darkness. Still never Forget played it. about that one. Star Wars Rogue Squadron. That's, That's a great one. one. Yeah, I remember. Oh, man, I remember loving that as a kid. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a good system. And uh, I, I don't... I don't have the, the numbers in front of me. I don't think it did as well as Nintendo hoped that it would. It did not at all. It only yeah. sold, like, 20 million. I think was, it was uh, regarded as something of a failure, and I don't know if was, that was because it was yeah. difficult to develop for or or what. Yeah, um, I mean the big you know the big mistake with the GameCube was they chose to do the uh, priority mini discs. Uh, yeah, the mini disc. They were, uh, you know, just a shot in the foot to Nintendo because yeah. everyone was going for these basic discs that were so cheap well, to produce. Pretty much DVDs at that point. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And that's why, um, you know, it wasn't also that. I mean, there was also the fact that the PlayStation 2 was a DVD player. Like how, you know, DVDs huge. were, you know, it was the biggest thing at the time. There yeah. was no reason not to get a PS2. It was a game player and it was, you know, the DVD player. You couldn't go wrong. It was probably one of the cheapest DVD players at the time. It actually was, yeah. It was, it was a lot of people's first DVD player, 100%. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those. It's one of those systems where you look back on it and you're like, "It's great. It's a wonderful system." But you can see where they it went wrong. Where you can see yeah. where it went wrong. Exactly. The writing's kind of on the wall for for a lot of it. Like, despite a really solid library, despite an amazing controller, despite all the incredible multiplayer games, uh, it just didn't quite make the splash that they were hoping. Um, but that said, it, you know, it led to it led to the Wii, which had backwards compatibility. So it's like all those people who went and got a Wii could also play GameCube games if they wanted, you know? Yeah, and that was which actually is how, the way to play it. Yeah, and that uh -huh. was how I experienced a lot of GameCube games because yeah. with, you know, I was born only a year before the GameCube came out. I was a, kind of a baby but while the GameCube was in its prime. So it was only when I had a Wii that I was really interested in GameCube games and able to actually able to try them out. That's how I played Wind Waker for the first time on the Wii. That's yeah. how I played Mario Sunshine and many others through it. So and even though it's really unfortunate that the Wii later got rid of the backwards compatibility feature and in later models, I was really grateful to be able to have that chance because it did open up a generation of games that would not have been accessible otherwise. Yeah. Also, I just want to mention it. Pokemon XD and Coliseum are incredible for that system. Oh, they really like, they are. They are. They are so much better than some of the modern Pokemon games. I mean, I would play XD and, you know, they have their faults, XD, Gale of Darkness, and Coliseum. But I think they're just more well-rounded experiences than even Sword and Shield. 
I mean, the stories alone are so fascinating for those games rather than, say, Sword and Shield. Like, they're, they're so dark and going into territory that you wouldn't exactly expect for a traditional Pokemon story, really. And the worlds, the gameplay, everything. It's a really great translation of the traditional Pokemon formula to the home console format. Yeah, it was something, it was something uh, again, Nintendo trying something different, you know, with their established formulas. I, I think my... Man, you guys, I wish I could explain to you how big of a year 2002 was, like, for Nintendo fans. Uh, it was Mario Sunshine, Wind Waker, and Metroid Prime, all within a few months of each other. It was an unbelievable time to to be the owner of a new GameCube. Um, I think people who were around at the height of the system's popularity can, can just point, kind of point to that as, like, it was like the 2000, what was it? It was like the 2017 of, of that time. That's just you know a comparison I mean? that was coming to mind with that. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it was like, even even saying that, right, can you imagine if like, yeah, there's nothing, I don't know, there's nothing left to compare it to. Like, there's truly nothing to compare it to, to how how big of a, how big of a, a year that was for Nintendo fans. Like, I don't, like, console wars are dumb, like, I get it. But it was very fun at the time to be like, I'm a Nintendo, I got a GameCube, what do you got? Oh, PlayStation, look what I have. Like, there's nothing like that. <laughs> and uh, also Game Boy Advance, you know. And, and, and on top of that, you had the Game Boy Advance. Like, it was an unbelievable time to be a Nintendo fan um, at the during during that year. I do have to ask Cameron. Yeah. Growing up, did you have any demo disc or anything like that? Um, I, I had a... a sp- not exactly a demo disc. Well, I guess it was a demo disc because it was for it was for. I think it was for pre-ordering Wind Waker. You got the Ze- Legend of Zelda GameCube Collector's Edition, which has oh, yeah, Ocarina of Time, Zelda One, Zelda Two, Ocarina of Time, Master Quest, and a demo for Wind Waker on it. Got it. Got um, it. so that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's also all these weird promotions they did at the time. Like, Pokemon XD had a uh, bonus disc, and it was like, you got Jirachi for the main game. Yeah, yeah, there was... That was was so weird. That era in games had a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, PlayStation 2 was doing that all the time. Xbox was doing that kind of... Yeah, it was like... I mean, Xbox and PlayStation were literally throwing discs into freaking pizza boxes. Yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah. You could could go to the grocery (laughs) store and buy a PlayStation magazine... And yeah. get a, get a, a demo disc, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. and Nintendo Power was was great with that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know if I ever got any demo disc from Nintendo Power, but there was all kinds of really cool like promotional stuff for for GameCube and Game Boy Advance at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I'd kept some of it. To be honest, I'm I'm a fool when it comes to collecting things. What's your favorite GameCube game? Just that favorite GameCube game has got to be. It's probably Metroid Prime. Cause or no, you know what? No, it's melee. It's got to be melee. There's just no, there's no way around it. It's Super Smash Bros. Melee, 100. percent Like that is the one for me. Every I know Rick is gonna hate this when he's listening. Mario Sunshine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I love yeah. Mario Sunshine. It's just, it's one of those games that I could just go back to, just time and time again, and just yeah. not get sick of. That's my exact experience playing Wind Waker. That's my favorite GameCube game because it's so unique compared to everything else in the Zelda series, not just visually, but also in gameplay in terms of how you traverse the world, the story it tells. It has, I know I've gone the record saying Skyward Sword is one of the best stories in the series, but to me, Wind Waker is up there as well. It's an adventure that I really love coming back to. It's honestly pretty comforting, you know, just 
just soaring through the waves, the pristine music playing. It's a really lovely experience, unlike anything else in the Zelda series, especially considering the time that it released. It's such a far cry from the Zelda games that came both before oh, and I after wish, it. I, again, I wish I could describe to you guys the... <laughs> seeing screenshots of, of what we all thought the next Zelda was going to look like, Versus oh, Wind Waker yeah. was. I've seen a, that demo. I've seen yeah. that demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's very hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because looking uh, at it now, that looks terrible to me. But I oh, know listen, that what, back then, yes. that must have been incredible. But what we you know. got was indisputably better. But mm-hmm. it, it was it was yeah. hard to be a fan at the time and be like, well, what the hell? This looks nothing like what we've been shown. And I love how uh, so, also in some gaming magazine, I don't remember which one it was, but there was an April Fool's joke that said there was like a secret code or something you could do in Wind Waker that would change the graphical style to be more realistic. That's just a, oh, a gag that I love that really represents how divisive it was back at the time. Also, that was just like, that was sort of towards the end of, I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it, but just like rumor, like, I guess playground rumor would be like the right word for it, where it's like, you know, like if I was told that, you know, in Animal Crossing that there was Don Rossetti, you know, Mr. Rossetti's brother who looked like Luigi, like, would you have believed that? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's what it's like, yeah, there, it there sounds was a, ridiculous, yeah. but it was real or like waiting 24 hours to get Mewtwo in Smash Brothers Melee. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. it's, the GameCube came out at such a crossroads in gaming history because the internet was just kind of starting up around that time, you know, mm-hmm. or, or morphing into its current form. So yeah, you kind of saw the, the decline of print media and the rise of internet rumors and uh, being able to act- also more easily fact-check things to see if waiting 24 hours is how you get Mewtwo or not, or to see if there's a way to change the style in Wind Waker, you know? So it really came at a changing point for that. It's true. It's a uh, listen. We could talk. We could we could talk about the GameCube for probably another. I don't know, guys. Do we do we need to make this a GameCube episode? I don't know. Like I, I wasn't <laughs> intending to, but uh, we could. For, if we wanted we're to. What else there. do we need to mention? What else? No, I, I like listen. There's plenty of stuff to mention. We could talk about the Capcom Five. We could talk about Resident Evil Four. There's like so much mm-hmm. stuff to talk about. But I think we should cut it off here, uh, just because without it's Pikmin like, Bingo Battle, you're not going to mention <laughs> that. Come on, Cameron. No, I don't or Shine Thief any... mode in Mario Kart. It's all good stuff, but we've got to draw the line somewhere because or we've the got the fact other that they gave inflatable chairs for E3, which I'm serious about. Go look oh, it up. Listen, we could always talk about E3 promotional <laughs> material because there's always something insane. Uh, but we'll go back to that well another time. So, we, we, listen, it, there's a ton of great coverage on the Goomba Stomp website right now. All of us on the staff have fond memories of the GameCube, and so there's, there's some great articles on there. We've got the 35 best GameCube games. We've got uh, a dissertation on why the controller is awesome. Uh, we've got Rick's piece about Luigi's Mansion being the one of the greatest launch titles ever conceived of. I don't know. Check out the website for, for more great GameCube uh, celebration as it hits its 20th anniversary. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, talk about some other games. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
back with a little bit of breaking news for you all. We never get to do this. Uh, so as we were uh, downloading the audio for the last segment, Campbell noticed that Nintendo of America put out a tweet saying that the Switch will receive an update that will allow it to interface with Bluetooth audio devices so we can finally hook up our Bluetooth headphones to our Switches. What a game changer. How are we feeling about this? As we were saying during our little intermission, this is the single most Nintendo thing ever. For them to <laughs> make a console knowing that it has this Bluetooth functionality in it, apparently they just have to tweak it or turn it on or something, and then never do that for four years <laughs> until you have two console revisions released to actually activate it. But I, at any rate, I am so glad that this actually happened because it's something I wanted for years now, and it feels so archaic to have to bring a little cord whenever I want to use my headphones on my Switch. It feels so strange. So now we're finally getting more of that that seamless and flexibility that you get with, with Bluetooth audio. I can well, confirm. I'm holding my yeah. Switch right now, and there's a new option under Controllers and Sensors, and it says Bluetooth audio, and it's there a pair it device. Yeah, well, it's funny because two again, wireless controllers can connect while using Bluetooth audio. Oh, that's strange. Oh, uh -oh. that's kind of interesting. Bluetooth Does audio mean... will be disconnected during local communications. Bluetooth microphones cannot be used. You may experience audio latency depending on your Bluetooth device. Although people were saying in comment sections online that they weren't finding any latency, so that's at least good. But yeah. I am can, up to two wireless controllers can connect while using Bluetooth. Huh. So I, I, I guess, I guess why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, it kind of makes sense. Right. Well, I guess the the idea being that like you can't have four Joy Cons and a Bluetooth headset going at the same time, something like that, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would assume so. Hmm. That, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I I don't know. Listen, I've got I've got no idea. Um, but the point is, good for those people who who wanted that. Uh, I always I really I enjoyed did. being able. And by to... those people, you mean me? <laughs> That's right. Well, no, seriously. Like I I loved being able to connect Bluetooth headphones to my again RIP my PlayStation Vita. Uh, which is it's just hilarious that the Switch did not have that option at launch, and the Vita did. Once again, proving that the Vita is Useless. one of the <laughs> best handheld consoles ever made. I will die on this hill. Um, on a Nintendo show. That's right, baby. Uh, after but the point after is, Nintendo just sent you a code for what you're about to review. Okay, fair enough. Uh, honestly, a sin. Bluetooth functionality, it's great. And I would say, here's what I will say. Playing WarioWare with four people, I uh, highly recommend. So you can't play WarioWare with four people and have a, blue, a Bluetooth headphone connected, apparently. <laughs> Not that you would want that anyway, because, you know, you're all going to be in the same room. If one person had headphones on and you're playing Warrior Player, that'd be weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine that now. That would be a wonderful Everyone experience. Everyone sitting in silence. Just sitting there yeah, in exactly. awkward silence. And then you're just having a great time over there. Everyone else is yes. just staring at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, that would be hysterical. Uh yeah, I've been playing WarioWare Get It Together for the Nintendo Switch, and uh, it's been it's been a blast. I, I'm not like a WarioWare fan. I think we mentioned this during the it must have been the E3 episode when this game got announced, or when when we first heard about this game coming to Switch. So I'm I'm not the I'm not like a WarioWare guy. I've never played any WarioWare games um, in any system. So I never played the, the Game Boy Advance ones. I never played the is there there's a DS one right or a 3DS one? 
There is one on yes. DS. Yeah. Uh, I believe that one's a compilation game, though. Yeah, on 3DS, it's a compilation, stuff. I think. Yeah. 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 So the point is, I've never played any of them. Uh, so, so this is my first, like, headlong diving into the WarioWare experience. And uh, so far, it's it's been a blast. It's uh, I've been trying to put as much multiplayer in as possible because I feel like... They feel like this game is is intended. It's called Get It Together, you know. It's called Get It Together, right? So you, you want to mm-hmm. get, uh, you know, you gotta get your friends together and, and play this game. So I've been playing it uh, in two player with uh, with my wife. And the other night, I had, we, I was lucky enough to to be at a, a small gathering where we had four player. We were able to play some of the four player modes. And I think I think. Two player is where this game shines. The four player stuff didn't super work for me, to be honest. Uh, I just found the because the, okay, so okay, worry. Okay, let's let's break it down. WarioWare, they're micro games. All these games are mini games. They're like ten seconds long, sometimes less. The whole point of this game is you're trying to you're trying to run up these high scores by completing as many mini games as possible within a set amount of time. There is a quote-unquote story mode in this game where you're just kind of going through different themed levels, and all the themed level is is like, okay, it's 15 minigames that are all based on Nintendo classics. It's 15 minigames that are all based on food. It's like stuff like that. Uh, but once you beat th- once you beat those, you can play them in, in you know, your, your multiplayer uh, modes. So once you blast through the story mode, uh, which is, I don't know, maybe... 10 stages or so, 15 stages. Once you do all of those, then you unlock the four-player... It's called the Variety Pack. And I, I thought it was kind of odd that they locked the four-player mode behind the... Uh, I'm, I'm saying single-player, but it's, uh, it's one-slash-two-player story mode. Um, so I thought that was kind of an odd choice. That kind of turned me off a little bit. To the, I wanted to be able to just dive into four-player right away. But I kind of get the idea that they want players to get comfortable with the idea of microgames through the story mode before they dive into the four-player. So that was kind of an interesting decision, I think, on Nintendo's part. But that said, the, the microgames that are there are really fun. They're really funny. They're ridiculous. They're very... The, the, whole, the whole idea of they're going to flash a single word of direction on the screen that's like defeat or like plug or collect and you just have to figure out what that means in the five seconds that this game lasts with your individual uh unique character it's it's crazy it's like it's very chaotic it's very fun i guess the other big thing to mention is that this game so again i haven't played any other wario games any other WarioWare games do do you swap between other characters in WarioWare games or is it only wario i think this is a first Uh uh-huh so I guess the the big thing about this game is that you are controlling not just Wario, but all of Wario's friends. Uh, so you've got the infamous Ashley the Witch. You've got, I don't know, his friend 18 Volt. You've got Dr. Crygo. Like, I don't know, all these very weird and very colorful characters who you don't see anywhere else in other Nintendo games, which is kind of fun. You know, you're not seeing Luigi, you're not seeing Yoshi, you're not seeing Princess Peach, you're seeing, like... These weird Wario characters who are kind of off, kind of strange. Again, very colorful. They have little biographies that are like, how did they come up with this? Like, it's a mad scientist who turned himself into a robot. Like, sure. Uh, It's an alien who is just obsessed with culture and wants to absorb, you know, as much 
earth culture as he can so he abducts everybody like very funny stuff um but i guess the twist is all these characters control completely differently not completely differently but like like differently from each other whereas wario he has like his classic shoulder bash uh somebody like 18 volt who is a little he's a little guy who sits cross-legged on the ground and he doesn't move at all he can't you can't even if you move the control stick he doesn't like get up and walk he sits in one place and he throws discs he like throws lasers across the screen uh so it's like okay the way you approach mini games with that character is very different from the way you'd approach even the exact same game with wario it's like okay i have to figure out how to beat this game with like, a character who doesn't move like how do i do that so that's kind of fun and again extremely chaotic uh because in the game you'll be asked to assemble a crew of like you know three to four to six however many characters so the game is forcing you to swap between different characters in different play styles even within the same like round of games which is very fun so i don't know it's um i think the way to play it is with friends it's, it's just more fun to just be yelling at the screen together to be like, oh, you gotta, hold on quick, you gotta plug that guy's nose, or you gotta grab the coin, or you, you know, whatever it is. It's more fun to do that with friends than it is to do it by yourself, I think. Um, we talked a little bit about the demo. Was it last week or the week before? Yeah, it was uh, the week before, two, I believe. Week before? Yeah, two yeah, weeks two ago. Weeks so ago. we talked a little bit about the, the Warrior it's really good. together. It's a great demo, but but so, the, so this game is just that times a thousand. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, not in a bad way, but it's like if, if you've played the demo and you liked it, then great. You know you should get this to. game. Yeah. Uh, but if you play the demo and you're like, eh, like I don't know, I, I want something, I want something a little deeper, a little more filling. It's like, well, then you're not gonna find that here. It's there, there's there's lots of modes and lots of options for like how to play this game, but at the end of the day, it is playing these little mini games over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Uh, so if that appeals to question. you, yeah, go ahead. Ashley's song. Was it in it this time? Oh, it's in the, it's in the credits, baby. It, it's definitely in there. Um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and it's so and, okay. And I guess I should say, this game does it. It has some things that it does to uh, to to give it longevity. They added, uh, I think, very smartly. They've added like a weekly challenge that has a leaderboard. So it's like, for example, this week's challenge is uh, uh, it's it's. It's a remake. It's like every WarioWare mini game. It's it's a it's a gauntlet of games, and you're you're trying to to get as high a score as possible. So you're trying to complete as many mini games as possible and see how you stack up against the rest of the world. And depending on how well you do, you get uh you know you get in-game currency. You get these these coins that you can spend to unlock like cosmetics and uh, you know character art and stuff like that. So they're, they're like they're clearly doing things to get people to be checking in playing you know playing a couple rounds of this game every day or every week or whatever. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, again, keeping with the theme of multiplayer and tying things together with your friends, it's, it's cool to to be able to see how you stack up against other other people who love WarioWare games. So that is kind of cool. Um, I have not yet cracked the uh, the top the top of the leaderboard yet. I wish I could say that I could. Uh, I am not an expert at this at this game, so I'm afraid I haven't gotten as as high in, this, in the rankings as I wanted. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I don't know that it's like a game I'm going to be playing forever. But again, that's kind of the point, is that you kind of touch on it, 
the games are very, very short, so you can play, you know, you can play this game for 10 minutes and still feel like you did a lot, because you still played, like, you know, 30 games, even if it's just a few minutes. Uh, so that is kind of cool. I think one of the coolest things that WarioWare Get It Together does is a, they have these, what do they call them? Nintendo classic themed games that are, again, little baby micro games themed around Nintendo properties. So there's one there, it's like Defeat Bowser, uh, where it's like Bowser from Super Mario Brothers, the original. And he's doing his classic Bowser thing where he's jumping up and down, shooting fireballs, and you have to reach the axe on the other side of him. But depending on which character you're playing as, how you do that will look very different. Like, some characters have jetpacks. They can just fly over Bowser's head. Um, some of them don't have that option. So you have to figure out, like, okay, how do I, how do I, how would I do this, you know, in the five seconds that I have or the ten seconds that I have? Uh, so that's kind of cool. There's, there's lots of stuff like that that are sort of little twists on stuff that you might have uh, in your memory from from classic Nintendo games. So, so that, I, th- I found that very, uh, very appealing, very charming. How's the uh, story for the game? I, it's, I don't know, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Wario aware. It's like madness. So the first thing that happens in the opening cutscene is Wario. There's a brand new game that just came out, and everybody's raving about it. It's this game starring this little penguin. So you you see this like a little storefront, and there's a line around the block for this brand new game, and then it like pans over, and there's the WarioWare Inc. store, and there's like tumbleweed. It's like empty. Nobody's there. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes into the interior, and so you know Wario and his team are like developing their new game, and Wario's finally like, ah, I did it! Like, let's let's test the game. And then they go to test it, and it's full of bugs. And the next thing you know, the bugs have sucked everybody in the WarioWare company inside the video game. So in the story of the game, you're basically going from level to level. You're going from character to character, and it's like, oh, I'm Ashley. I I made this level. Oh no, my level's full of bugs. Help me beat all the bugs. And the way you beat the bugs is you beat, you know, 15 or 20 little mini games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's basically the story. So you just do that until all the bugs are clear and then, you know, then you're free. So really the story is just an excuse to to get a handle on the kinds of games you'll be playing when you play with more than one person, I think. But would you say it's it has um, its moments, you know? Oh, 100%. No, it's it's very funny. It's very charming. It's just like there's not really any depth there. You know, and again, that's not, I don't think that's why people come to these games. We're not looking for, like, character <laughs> development with I was looking for a tear-jerking narrative with WarioWare. Oh, Literally no, tear-jerking boy. because of the garlic, though. So That's pretty good. Uh, no, there's a, <laughs> pretty good, yeah. <laughs> the part where bad. Waluigi that's, that's, that's dies. <laughs> oh, my God. No, yeah, sadly no Waluigi in this game, unless he's a secret character that I have not unlocked yet. He is in the uh, the promotional material on Nintendo's Instagram for the unboxing of the game, and I am very Ooh, serious. That's I need awesome. To, I need to fact check this yeah. real quick. It's, it's literally, <laughs> yeah, go look it up. It's literally um, a guy with the gloves on, and the beginning is him holding a, like a... a <laughs> <laughs> like a picture frame of Wario and he puts like his hand to it and then gently puts it down and begins to unbox the game. Wow. No, I have not seen that, but I love it. That's really funny. Um no, so listen, there's not really a narrative. Like it's not it's not what it's about. Uh it's this is about like getting together with your friends. It, it's it's kind of um <laughs> it's kind of an acid trip of a game. Like, you were just bombarded, <laughs> bombarded with, like, imagery and sensory overload at every turn. Like, the games are fast and furious. Um, 
loading screens, not that there's any loading screens, but like the transitioning from game to game is like not abrasive is the wrong word, but it's like it's very in your face all the time. Like you're constantly being assaulted with with sound and industry and and imagery and mm-hmm. uh, this all this madness. It's 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 truly a cacophony of of different visuals and and audio sounds. So I would I would say <laughs> if you're gonna play this game. Uh, just kind of prepare yourself for that. I was like, I, this is like, it's kind of overwhelming to be honest in a fun way, but it's very much like, this is sort of a lot. Like I can't imagine buckling down and playing this game for more than 45 minutes at a time because you would lose your mind. Um, There's nothing wrong with that though. You know, it is micro games. So it's micro. That's what I'm saying. Is it like, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's kind of exactly. I think it's the, I think that's the idea of it is you, is you dip into it. You play a few games, you put it down, you unlock a few cosmetics, you know, and you move on to the mm-hmm. next thing. I think that's kind of how long was the uh, campaign? Oh, you could beat it in probably less than an hour. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, probably. If you if you really if you're like pretty good at these games, um, there, there's a few times where I had to die and and or where I did like if you fail a challenge enough times in a row, I think you get four four uh, restarts per per uh, you know per what do you call it? Per, not life, but per challenge. Uh, and if you if you lose all four, you you can have the option to spend some of your earned in-game currency to discontinue where you left off, or you can start the the, the level over. Does it have um, like so an in-game I, shop or something? Exactly, there's an in-game shop that uh, you spend your coins at for for cosmetics and character art and stuff like that. Um, so, I would say I died and restarted a couple times, but I just hit continue. I just spent the coins and and, and powered through. Um, but yeah, you could probably, if you're like pretty good at these games, if you don't mess up any challenges, you can probably knock it out in, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half. Um, if you're really going for it. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty short. Cause again, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's not like, let's replay the story over and over. It's like, no, let's, let's get in and out and unlock the multiplayer modes, you know? Right. And I actually have one yeah. question as well on that on kind of a related topic. There are so many characters and so many different gameplay styles packed into this yeah. game. Did you have any favorite characters or perhaps oh. on the other side, any least favorite characters? Because I know uh, some of yeah. these were pretty difficult to manage. There, there's a couple that um, that you don't control their movement, which I found kind of hard to, to Oh, you mean with. like 18 volt? Uh, not uh, the reverse, actually. Um, there's a character called uh, uh, Nine Volt, who's 18 Volt's little brother. And he's on a little skateboard, and the skateboard is constantly moving back and forth. You do not control this character's movement, right? All you can control is his attack, which goes straight up in the air. So every time you start a micro game with with uh, with nine volts, the movement is out of your hands. Like no matter which direction you're pressing on the controller, he's gonna be moving automatically. And I found that kind of frustrating sometimes. And, and I get it; it's adding to the you know the chaos. It's adding to the insanity of this game. But there's a couple characters that do that, or there's a character who's like always jumping. Uh, no matter what you do, they're always jumping up and down, no matter what. And it's like kind of a lot to deal with. Because um, like some of these, which again, that's sort of the point of it, is that some of these games that would be very simple. But throwing a character who's always jumping, and it's like, oh my god, how do I beat this game? I've got five seconds to figure this out. Like, so I don't know. It's both fun and frustrating to to deal with that. Yeah, I think uh, it's a good compromise because at least oh, you it's know, a great it compromise. Gets you no, to again, master each character. 
Exactly. I can see the master each character, and again, and half the fun is is just being like, well, oh, oh no, I got dealt this hand where I have to be, I have to figure out how to complete this challenge with this character, and that's that's half the fun. Um, that said, I prefer the characters who I can control a little a little more finely. Um, Ashley the witch flies around on a broom, so she can fly over obstacles. She can, and she shoots uh, magic spells. So it's like she's the perfect mix of free movement and she has an attack, which makes some of the games a lot easier than others. So I'd say, I would say that's probably my favorite character to play as. Um, but again, like you're only controlling these characters for a few seconds at a time. So it's not like any of them are egregiously bad. Like they're all enjoyable in their own right. So what uh, you're saying is that Ashley not only has the best song in the game, but also some of the best gameplay then, thereby making her the best character in the WarioWare universe. I, I mean, I hate to say it, Wario, but you're getting ousted by a little witch on a broom who's, like, kind of goth. So maybe uh, maybe Wario should get it together. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I did, I think, enjoy that character the most out of all the ones I played as. But again, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. Like, it's, it's fun to figure out, like, which ones you, you have fun playing with, you know? Yeah, like Mark was saying, it sounds like it's a fair mix that keeps the chaos going while still being exactly. semi-balanced, but not too balanced, perhaps yeah. for and, this kind and, of game. And for the most, and for the most part, like I said, you can you can you can build your crew, which is like the pool of characters that are selected from uh, during any given level or challenge. So it's yeah, like so you're not always forced to. So you're you not know, exactly you some characters. some levels some uh, during the the campaign mode some some levels do force you to play as certain characters and that's like well that's just you know that's what you got to deal with uh but then in future levels it's not like you have to play as wario every time or something like that it's like some levels force you to play as that person and then mm -hmm. other levels you can kind of pick and choose who you want to be in there um so yeah so I, I would say the game forces you to play as every character just so you get a feel for them but then after that you're not really forced into any specific configuration if that makes sense now, one more question. For the multiplayer, yeah. are there instances where the character combinations like have an effect on one another? E kind of. So it's, um, like, for example, we were playing four-player with some friends the other night, and it was a volleyball match. Um, so it's... Uh, and, and these four-player modes, I should be clear, the four-player games are different than the micro games. It's like a whole different mode. These games are a little bit longer. They're designed to be played for a little bit longer period of time. So for example, we're playing this volleyball match, pretty standard setup. It's a 2D volleyball game. Um, you're trying to knock the ball into the other player's court. So in this specific instance, one of my teammate had chosen a character whose uh, power or, or whatever you want to call it, his ability he could only shoot to the left. And we were on the left side of the court, which meant that uh, all, all of his shots didn't help us at all because they didn't hit the volleyball. They were shooting oh the no. wrong direction. <laughs> so it was kind of like, well, what the hell? Like, I, I wouldn't have chosen that character had I... <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that was just kind of a funny thing that happened was we realized, like, oh, I guess I should have gone with somebody different because this is actively detracting from my ability to win this game. Is, uh, but I guess it does can't. keep you all on your feet, you know, since yeah, you yeah. did so have we to rely have been, on the rest of you. Exactly. We should have been playing a little more attention in this specific volleyball game because it's like, well, this isn't helpful at all. Uh, so that was kind of a funny thing that happened. Um, so d depending on the game, or there's like, there's one that's kind of like a Smash Brothers style game where it's like a 2D platform fighter. 
So it's like, obviously, if you have a character that can fly, that character has a gigantic advantage over over some of the more movement-bound characters. So that's that was kind of a funny thing to realize as well. It's like, huh, like some characters are just going to be better at that specific gameplay mode because they have better movement or like a ranged attack or something like that. Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing to realize. I think maybe that's why the four-player stuff didn't connect as much with me is because it's like, well, there's just some characters that are clearly more advantageous to play as mm-hmm. in these four player modes but if every level uh, is beatable with uh, oh no they, they've designed it so that so that every you could complete any challenge or beat any micro game with any character a hundred percent but there are very clearly some that are like oh this is just better like a hundred percent it's just it's it's uh it's un- undeniable um whether that's the speed of movement or the abilities that they have or or what it's just like some of them will have an advantage over others, which is interesting. Um, so that said, I, I, I have been enjoying it. I, I think if you're if you're on the lookout for another multiplayer game, you're tired of Smash, you're tired of Mario Kart, you want something that's a little more crazy, uh, it's, it's like a fun party game to, to bring out. And you don't have to be, like, an expert at video games. Like, it's, it's great to just throw on, enhance somebody a Joy-Con, and be like, figure it out, because there's, you know... The challenges are simple enough to, to to grasp after a couple of seconds, but challenging enough that it, it'll still be a fun time. Uh, so I would recommend, definitely recommend this game if you're at like a you know some kind of like a party gathering or something like that. You want to play something that's a little different than what you've been used to, you know. So yeah, I'll, I'll have something on the website about it, hopefully sooner rather than later. So keep an eye out for that for my my thoughts on WarioWare get it together. We're going to take one more quick break. Mark has an indie spotlight for us for perhaps 2021's most anticipated game. Uh, And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic. So stay tuned and we will be Do you know the word? Uh, Please, tell me the word, my friend. The word is Skatebird, because (laughs) Skatebird (laughs) is really good. It's it's really good. Yeah, uh, Campbell and I got a a message from from Mark about, was it it about a week ago? Maybe a week and a half ago? Uh, Almost two weeks at this point. Two weeks ago, Skatebird absolutely rule like it was just <laughs> and i was it was like the middle of the night i was like all right like i'm glad to hear it like that's cool mark um, yeah, i mean you know this is a genre skateboarding games have been going so downhill so downhill since the gamecube days we had great tony hawk games there was sure. a skate series on you know xbox 360 i think it was on playstation 3 but then just nobody knows what happened you know the park just fell apart it was all over the place there were no good skateboarding games 
Tony Hawk went on hiatus. Skate, MIA, you know? Yeah, well, there was a couple. Ollie, then, Ollie, Ollie, Ollie was really good. Yeah, Ollie, but I'm talking like 3D skating. Sure, games, okay, yeah, yes, like yes, interactive okay, no, skate totally parks. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie is fantastic, but Ollie, Ollie is not. I wouldn't call that, you know, like a, a skateboard, like an like a skating interactive experience. Sure. Yeah, you know, it doesn't give like you the playground that you have. Yeah, it like doesn't Tony give Hawk. you the playground. Ollie Ollie's still a fantastic 2D mm-hmm. game, yeah. but uh, not the same type of gameplay at all. I wouldn't even consider it, you know, kind of the same genre. But um, Skatebird is about birds, or burbs as they call them, on skateboards. Yep. Oh, that's perfect. And you go around and you skate and you do tricks and flips and it's like the Tony Hawk series where you literally has like a basic control scheme but it's really difficult to master and they give you these different skate parks and they grow more complex as you complete missions for the birds and you go around and the parks just open up more and you unlock five different uh, versions of them and yeah that's literally the whole game and it has a slight story to it the dialogue is actually really funny but um, the, at, at its core, it is about having fun with skating. And you could literally, if you wanted to, you could literally jump into the first level of this game, or first park, I should say, and have a blast. Like, it was 20 minutes before I started the first mission. I was just literally going around in circles, just doing tricks and stuff, learning myself. Awesome. Now, I've got to ask, Mark, there are so many burbs in this game, and they're adorable. Mm-hmm. What kind <laughs> of burbs... Do you have in it? Because all, I'm thinking with Tony the Hawk it's, being the inspiration, is there a hawk in this game? I don't know if I should spoil that for you. Oh man! Whoa! Can, it sounds yeah. like I, I will is say this: something confirmed. Tony Hawk better better look out because this avian is really good. You know, mm, it's a, it's a wow. competitor. It's a competitor. I um, I love this, that energy. This <laughs> this started as a. A Kickstarter project, and I can say this: for a lot of these Kickstarter projects for games, don't really pan out well in the end. I feel like, especially the ones that take a long time to develop, Skatebird delivers on all of its promises. And originally, it was going to release um, earlier this year, but the developers wanted to add a campaign rather than just have missions with different birds. And they literally added dialogue and stuff, and it was worth it. The wait was worth it. If you've been waiting on this game. You're getting everything you wanted. Everything you backed for is here. This game is fully complete. There are some bugs, but it's an, you know it's an indie team working on such like a complex type of game. It's bound to happen. There's going to be some slight camera issues at points. There might be on the Switch version. There's a little bit of lag in one level, but it's nothing that breaks the immersion. The game is filled with this nostalgia, yet this like new breed of. It's literally like. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like t- stereotypical skateboarding culture slammed together with like lo-fi and rock. It's just so good. Okay, that awesome. sounds incredible. Now I've got to ask though, you've referred to the dialogue, you've talked about the campaign and the story a little bit. What even is the story for this game? Why are these birds on skateboards in the first place? <laughs> because they are Campbell. They love their lives and uh, they're trying to help their human. That's the whole story, wow. and I won't go into anything deeper than that. <laughs> wow. Can't argue with that logic. Just playing the cards yeah. close to the vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the look of it is fantastic. It um, is. It's very cute. Every bird is adorable. Even like, there's, okay, so I should talk about this, but when you start up the game, there's a character creator, right? 
and it gives you so many different options but then you find out that this character creator can be opened at any given second and you can customize your bird to however you like it so it's great because you'll go around the parks you'll find different um, new aesthetics to you know customize your bird with and it's, it never restricts you to being like, okay, you chose a red cardinal to start with and that's what you're gonna be. It's not like that. It's like you can switch to a blue jay at any time or some multicolored rainbow bird. There's so many options and it's really flaunting its own personality. And I think that's really gonna benefit this game because you could be a bird wearing a pirate hat and a fanny pack, or you could be a bird that's wearing like a gold chain and a backwards cap, you know? You could just customize it however you want. I mean, that description right there of what the birds look like, that means it's the game of the year right there. If you can wear a fanny pack and a pirate hat, that's my fashion aesthetic, all right? So that's perfect. And I will say, out of all the recent skateboarding games I've played, this one feels the most embraceive of trying to help the player understand what they're supposed to do. Because if you're stuck on a level, all you do, you hit the pause screen, and it tells you what the trick is you have to do and how to perform it. And that's all it takes. And it's so simple. It's not telling you stupid button prompts or anything like that. It gives you a small description, super detailed, tells you what to do, and you figure it out instantly if you're ever stuck. Not bad. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, I really enjoyed playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Tony Hawk's Pro You will Skater enjoy too. this then. Like back in the day, right? So mm -hmm. would you say it like modernizes it a little bit? Or is it like strictly you know, I don't. I don't know if it's exactly a type of game you could really modernize outside of, mm -hmm. you know, control speeds and the number of tricks and the terminologies and the skateboard jargon, but it remains true to Tony Hawk Pro Skater. This feels like it was a spiritual successor to Tony Hawk Pro Skater, except with birds. <laughs> That's literally That's the best so way to funny. describe it. It's something that's cute and approachable for people who may not be into skateboarding games. Because I know when you look at something like Tony Hawk, you know, you see this player on the front, this iconic guy. It's like, it's not the most approachable thing. Like, if you're not a fan of sports games, you might look at the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games and be like, well, I'm not sure about that. But then you're going to see these cute birds and be like, okay, that's piqued my interest. And I think that's going to be the biggest benefit of this game. It's the customization, the characters, the music. The music is so good. It has like these documentary bird soundtracks like going over the music. It is <laughs> so, so it's, funny. it's just so off-putting. You literally have to stop for a second and just listen to it. And like the independent rock bands that they chose to be featured in this game, all their music is great. Just the whole production of it all feels so well-rounded and well put together and the theme is constantly just keeping its silliness yet consistency it's always there nice that sounds it sounds uh well it sounds extremely unique is what it sounds like like even though it's uh kind it of is there's nothing there's nothing new about the gameplay but it's just mm. like the aesthetic and the atmosphere and just the whole vibe of it all that's so unique that you can't find in other skateboarding games like tony hawk pro skater fantastic soundtrack has a lot of love you know there's so much to love about it but this game feels like you're living in a skate park except with birds <laughs> wow i mean yeah that sounds uh pretty great to be honest um, and when i mean a skate park i mean like a stereotypical like 90s movie skate park and it's such like i i don't think anyone's going to be annoyed over it once they actually see it like themselves yeah i mean that's that sounds pretty freaking dope to be honest um 
would you say that uh, like it is is it pretty replayable? Like like one of the great strengths of those oh yeah definitely of games. Yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah. you know you can you'll learn how to do tricks you'll perform all these different actions it's definitely replayable it's fun like i said with the opening i didn't tackle the first mission until 20 minutes in and the first mission is literally two feet in front of you i just wanted to you know just see what the controls were all about and i ended up spending 20 minutes before i was like all right i remember seeing that bird at the beginning with the tutorial let me go talk to him now that rules um i love it i mean yeah listen it sounds like a delight um it sounds like especially for you know as we as we kind of hurdle towards the end of the year and game of the year stuff starts piling up it sounds like a nice way to just like relax chill out do some skating have some cute yeah birds. this is it's a relaxing experience got that cute yeah. aesthetic um i don't it's definitely an indie game of the year contender but i don't know if it's like a game of the year contender it's no, not no, on this that, massive that's... scale it's a fantastic game but you know it's not like you know it's not gonna be on the scale of like Bowser's Fury or like no, no, no. Ratchet that's, and Clank, that, and, you know? And that's not even what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, like I always, there's always, like, pressure towards the end of the year to be like, oh, my God, I got to, you know, I got to play Deathloop. I got to play all these mm-hmm. big games. Oh, this will definitely be a highlight. This will be will like, And it'll fit in, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it'll I'll, fit in. I'll just say this, having played Ratchet and Clank, a game that really stuck out because of its visual style and graphical prowess, the mere fact that this game has cute birds on skateboards really puts it on the same <laughs> level as this 4K 60 FPS uh, PS5 game. See the fur. Oh man, it's extremely funny. In vivid detail. Uh, very good. Well, that that sounds. I mean, that sounds about right. Uh, anything else you want to say about Skatebird, Mark? Before we wrap it up here. Uh, I mean, if you if you love skateboarding games, if you grew up playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and you're looking for an alternative, this is it. This is this game's cute. It's fun. It's replayable. It's something you can literally just pick up and say like, I'm gonna just jam out for 30 minutes while skateboarding. Like, this is the type of game you can go to. It's a very go-to, comfort food, but still well-developed type of game. Love it. I mean, that's a, that's about as strong of an endorsement as you can get. Um, so with that being said, you can check out Mark's review on Skatebird over on Goomba Stomp. Well, by the time you listen to this, it will be out yes, on the website. it'll be up. So it'll that, be up. Perfect. Great. Uh, and you can find, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. I've been your host, Cameron Dax. And you can find some of my latest writing over on Goomastomp.com. Most recently, I had a review for Fist Forged in Shadow Torch come out. And uh, by the time you read this, I'll have some stuff up on WarioWare. Get it together as well. I'm on Twitter as at Action And Mark, where can people find you on the internet? find me at the mark helm that of course is mark with the c cal with the k you can find my writing on goomba stomp right now i have a retrospective for 20 years of the gamecube but i also have a retrospective for 20 years of the gamecube controller which i absolutely love that thing uh let's see what else i got oh the animal crossing manga which we'll hopefully talk about next week which is pretty good uh if you didn't know viz media is bringing the first ever animal crossing manga to the west there's been plenty of them in japan but this one is the second new horizons iteration which takes on like a comedy feel to it but we'll talk about it next week and then obviously marvel what if i'll have that up and skateboard not bad and uh campbell where can people find you on the internet 
You can find my games writing over at GoombaStomp.com. I'll have a indie game spotlight coming out this weekend. Got some cool games in the pipeline to show off there, um, as well as some other great indie and Nintendo coverage coming out in the near future as well. Um, and if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSkill, uppercase CSG. Perfect. And of course, NXpress is also on Twitter. We are at NXpress Nintendo, and we're on YouTube as well, NXpress Nintendo Podcast. So you can listen and subscribe and like and comment, all that stuff uh, over on any of those. And of course, we're on the podcast, podcast, the podcast platform of your choice as well Spotify, Podbean, you know, Apple Podcasts, all of those. Uh, you know, make sure to star us and download the podcast and all that good stuff helps us get more engagement which is always good for the show so with that being said thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time <laughs>